time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking mouse, TJ Bowser. And joining me today is your dark lord of knowledge, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? Fluffmaster Supreme, Big Johnny D. Oh, yeah. What's up, Gorehounds? And here to protect and serve from all the shitty remakes, Detective Bob. Well, he would be there if he wasn't redlined. So, oh, today yeah. is February 1st, 2021. Uh, Bobby, uh, refresh for me Everybody. real quick. The shit show stands strong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got a doozy of an episode for you guys today, but you know what time it is. It's time for your sex life. Big Johnny D, what did you do? Well, buddy, uh, I had a really bad week last week. It was shitty. And, oh, uh, oh, well, sometimes you got to laugh at life, man. It was, let me just say it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, uh. Fortunately, Big Johnny D had to deal with a hemorrhoid last week. Ooh. And, oh, man. That uh, That is one I would never wish on any friend or any person that I actually genuinely A like. hemorrhoid on Big Johnny's b-hole. Oh, it was bad, dude. Yeah. It took me out for like four Ooh. days. I bet. <laughs> oh, damn. Dude, I don't know if you guys have ever had one. So, oh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, I am the spicy food king, and okay. uh, I have notable bowel issues. So uh, That's fair. Hit me, yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Uh, so you know. I have a question. There's I have one an of two ways. Yes. Uh, did it rupture? Uh, it did by the fourth day. Mm. No, 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 no. Not like rupture, rupture, like blood all through the underwear type deal? No, no, no. It oh, was okay. more of a, it was a, I woke up in the morning, and I'm like, holy shit, I slept through the night. I was like, and the wife's like, you all right? And I was like, well, it doesn't hurt, but I don't want to move just in case <laughs> but oh my god dude i was explaining to a buddy and he's like i don't know what even to feel or like how to figure it and i was like yo figure this dude any little like tiny thing that you do or movement mm-hmm. or whatever you feel it all pounding like your asshole's going to explode at the same fucking time <laughs> and god forbid if you sneeze dude you yeah. know what i mean or like dj I, and you probably I did not partake during those days, dude. I didn't want to cough. I was too scared. Mine, I've never had one rupture or get really, really bad. But uh, a family member of mine who works construction bent over and picked something up and his ruptured at the same time. And it exploded in his pants. And instead of going home, he packed his underwear full of toilet paper and finished his day. And then went to the- What a man. That is a fucking man right there. That's a manly man. Um, <laughs> oh, he's working. He's working construction, so he's not a pansy. Yeah, dude. I uh, I took some days off because I'm not gonna lie, man. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, dude. I drive fork truck, and getting on yeah. and off that truck all day is fucking murder, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm no. not get, even gonna get a little donut for Johnny. Oh, bro. <laughs> bro. Bro. <laughs> All right, let, let's you know what? Let's keep going on to this fucking shit salad because you know what? We're here to entertain the motherfuckers. Okay. So, listen, it's this is like the second time it's happened to me. So by like the third day, I was like, I'm going out to get a fucking donut. I don't give a yeah. fucking fuck. <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't give a shit. Whatever. So I'm at Kenny Drugs, dude. Name drop. <laughs> and that uh, sounds like a name of a drug store in a horror movie. Yeah, right. Um, That's funny. So I pick that shit up and some fucking other shit, dude. 
drop it on the counter. And the lady's like, hey, how you doing? And I just kind of look at the stuff and look at her and I'm like, great, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, she probably, like, obviously they're at, at, I know they're so programmed. They don't even give, like, know what the fuck, you know what I mean? They're just ringing shit out. They don't give a shit. You should have put condoms in that order just to see what she <laughs> Dude, all I'm just saying is, man, you, you don't want to talk to anybody. You can't concentrate on anything. Oh, my God. So I'm just glad I should be drinking a beer right now, just in celebration that I can actually sit down and do this. Oh. But all, uh, I can, all I can say is thank God I have never had that problem. I hope you never I, do, I, bro. I, I really, hope, and honest to God, do like because that shit takes you out, man. <laughs> TJ knows, too. like he knows, like just oh. I mean, knock on knock on wood. That has not happened to me. So I mean, like yeah, dude, it. <sighs> It's such a weird, like, you would never think something. And you know what the funniest part is, dude? And, you know, say what you got to just say. The best time that it ever felt okay is, like, if you took a bath and yeah. you just sat in warm water. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, dude, as a grown man who's 35, and I personally have not really taken baths in, a, like, you know, good long time. Is is anyone else just picturing Johnny D like just soaking it in the Super, tub? Yeah, dude, go ahead. Sitting there with a glass of wine, candles, soundtracks playing in the background. She has um, a wine. Do you want? You want to know a little secret? Yeah. I'm missing the one aspect. Let me get Ooh. Okay. They're like, this is the best thing I've had. Let John tell us. This is the lap of luxury. Okay. So yeah. All right. So on top of like you know because I was in there for a few days. I was playing the switch and all that other good stuff. Uh, a little project louder tidbit. I watched Scuba Steve's podcast while I was taking a bath. <laughs> oh, love you guys. I, I don't know why, but that is just hilarious. Right? I, I mean, I didn't have like wine and candles, but if you want to add them in there, go right ahead. That's fine. You know? We made it classy. What's, what, what's the what's the Lord Scuba Steve equivalent of wine and candles? Put it in the comments. Full. <laughs> what would it be? Uh, tequila and fucking you know. Tequila and tequila and tacos. There you go. <laughs> That'd be messy for a tub. Tacos. That's a tacos from Taco Bell too. Like. What about like taquitos? Like something nice, little like tight rolled. No burritos. Then burritos. Burrito. Dude, By the way, I want to say I I feel bad for Scuba Steve. He's going on a diet, so he really can't be yeah. eating tacos. This, ah, is a, this is a man that consumes a vast quantity, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's literally like he drinks it like it's he eats tacos yeah. like water. Like that's exactly. Uh, but anyways, let me end this out so we can get on to you guys. Uh, after that pain in the ass part of the week, but I'm fine. Um. I ended it with getting some sweet HBO uh, now Max. or Max. Sorry. Yeah, why did I say not now? It was the old one. But and I started off by watching Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I have been fucking dying to see. And I don't know why I haven't watched. Shout out our but, boys and announce pod swap. Yes. Yeah, so to my boys, Cameron, Austin and Quarter J on comics and Kaijus. Check them out. Also on Project Louder. Um. Dude, it was awesome. I wait, love wait, wait, it. TJ, TJ, you're gonna you want to mention the show swap while we are have them up? So in a couple weeks, uh, we will be doing hashtag pod swap 2021. Uh, we will be doing a tr little trial run. Three Project Louder shows will be swapping hosts in an effort to be swapping subscribers. So over the next couple weeks, we'll be making a little announcements here. And we already scheduled the first episode 
And that will bring the big bad Beetle Bros over to Gordmore to review Monster Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. All right. That's going to be fun. I'm I'm a little disappointed that we're not doing Monster Squad, but I have complete and total faith in them. Yes, absolutely. Those guys uh, do so well with it. I think uh, they reached over at least 400 subs uh, on the website uh, today. Sweet. Sweet. Nice, dude. Yeah, they recently just swapped over to uh, our RSS feed, and they're now officially all exclusive Project Love. Yeah. Very nice. Well, so, welcome aboard. Welcome officially aboard, then, boys. Yeah. Since I'm already talking, I'll take things uh, before yeah. sending things to Chad. So, as I say every week, podcasts here, podcasts there, podcasts everywhere. Did rabbit hole this week. Uh, that was pretty good. And then I got some movies in. I got Michael Laughlin's Strange Invaders. That would be uh, the follow up to his 1980s film Strange Behavior, aka Dead Kids. Shout out to my doppelganger Kangabanga, who we'll hear from later for sending me an original day bill from that film. Just got that framed, hung it up in the studio over there. That is sweet. It is excellent. I love it. It is fragile as fuck, and I was scared to put it in there. But uh, we're good now. (laughs) We're we're, we're pretty good. And then uh, I ordered a couple more movies from Twilight Time. And this is actually a really cool tidbit that I found out. So Screen Archives, the uh, website, bought the remnants of the company that was Twilight Time and now we'll be re-releasing them as a boutique genre label through Screen Archives exclusively. And they've already released two new uh, titles, and one of them is The Man from Hong Kong, the Ozploitation film that I already ordered, and I am hyped for it. I also got Rapid Fire, which is Brandon Lee's film that he did before The Crow, and Short Night of Glass Dolls, which is an Aldo Lotto film, uh, who is the Italian genre film director. And holy hell, that movie is nuts. But uh, nice, yeah, dude. also a little uh, more on that boutique Blu-ray thing. Uh, Chad and I got greeted to a wonderful little announcement this morning and a good uh, I told you so. Yep. So uh, <laughs> my previous, uh, what to say, predictions for Forgotten Jolly Volume 3 from Vinegar Syndrome came true. Uh, I predicted all the releases, uh, Autopsy, Murder Mansion, and Crazy Desires of a Murderer. Mm-hmm. I think... I'll tell you what, those are some interesting films, especially uh, seeing that these are some of the uh, first times that we'll actually see these films in their proper format and in this country. All of these uh, films are presented in region-free Blu-ray, original scans of the original 35mm negative, and a 2K source. Ignore Bobby's connection. Uh, (laughs) It's a New Jersey thing. No, it's a snowstorm thing. It's a Jersey thing. You got cabbage in your connection. They also announced uh, <laughs> cabbage. What is it? 1998's The Fear. Yes. Uh, 1995's The Fear. Oh, and right. I low key wanted it to be Pinocchio's Revenge, but that's for a conversation for another oh time. Oh my god, dude! I forgot about that. <laughs> and then uh, Hitcher in the Dark by Umberto Lenzi. You guys don't know who Umberto Lenzi is. He is one of the godfathers of the Jallo genre. So uh, I'm excited for that. It's an 89 film. Super, super hyped. But yeah, that's uh, about all the Blu-ray news and nothing much more new with me. Uh, Chad? Chad Daddy? Chaddy? Yo, so not much happened this week. I worked up until Sunday. Sunday was the only day I had off. I took, I think it was Friday off. 
because we we didn't get a real bad snowstorm, but I was on my way to work and I was about 10 minutes up the road and it was like a complete whiteout and the roads were not even touched. So I'm like, you know what? I'm in my car. Screw it. I'm turning around. I'm going home. I figured if I would have went home, I got the wife's car. I would have been half hour late to work anyway. So I said, fuck it. I'll just stay home. <laughs> so I took a snow day. Nice. And it, it, it stayed, the road stayed pretty bad for a while, I guess, because my wife's aunt lives right there along the road. And like right around lunchtime, she said it still was looking pretty bad. So, but I, I made it in today. You know, the roads were pretty shitty on the way in, but you know, it is what it is. Aside from that, you know, uh, like TJ, I have a couple Blu rays on the way. I ordered Madman. Oh, oh, nice. Which actually uh, should be in the mail today, but nobody went over because we live behind the post office. So we actually have to go to the post office to get our mail. Really? And nobody went to get it, so it's sitting there waiting for me. And the other one I ordered is a supposedly long-lost Korean kaiju film called ah. War of the Kaiju Gods. It's also called. It's also known by its original title, The Flying Monster. Hmm. Basically, about eighty percent of the kaiju footage is just recycled from uh, Ultraman episodes. Yes, that's awesome. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'll let you guys know. That's not releasing until April, so I pre-ordered it. Awesome. Ooh. We got some Ultraman uh news this week, didn't we? Yeah, they they so. dropped the trailer for Shin Ultraman, which is the new version of Ultraman. You're a fan of the Shin stuff, aren't you, Chad? I I saw Shin Godzilla. I did like mm-hmm. some of it. Mm-hmm. I, I it they talked an awful lot. Yeah. Like there was there's an awful lot of um political bullshit going on in the movie and it's i guess the uh other seas parallel to what the legendary is doing right now yeah and the reason they did that is because they basically wanted to parody the whole japanese government bumbling of the uh the typhoon that hit there yeah that was their whole reason for doing that and from what i understand they're going to take a similar take on uh, shin ultraman really? oh okay so they're just using them as almost exploitation films to touch on in a way, I guess, yeah. Okay. Pol- mo- uh, their moder- modern political uh, issues. That's exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, it, so that comes out sometime this year, which means that we won't see it here until probably next year at some point. Interesting. Unless our uh, own little personal uh, Kaijin uh, screams his little greasy double chin Gaijin. You have to say the double chin. The devil G, Gaijin. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, you know, aside from that, not much has been going on. It's been pretty quiet, just working and coming home and, exa- and you know, enjoying time with the family. Uh, so enough about me, Bobby. What about you, buddy? Uh, well, I don't have any DVDs on the way yet. Uh, I literally go through and look at DVDs like, do I want this? Is it worth it? So I haven't purchased any yet. But um, it was a quiet weekend um, until we got a major snowstorm here in Jersey. So I am literally in two feet of snow right now. Yeah, so yeah you guys hurt. out east of us got hammered. Oh, we're still getting hammered. It's still going. Yeah, so you're I, drinking, I, aren't you? No. <laughs> well, don't I went into work this morning, and it, it was okay. I was able to get my car there at 12 o'clock. I'm an hour overtime already. I look outside. I said, I got to go. <laughs> I couldn't even get the car out. I left it there. I let someone take me home. I said, I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow, but if so, you got to pick me up because I have no way of getting there. So I'm in two feet of snow right now, and uh, not too much horror going on right now. I'm waiting on um, more pieces of my Jason to come in, 
And uh, also, might as well do a little shout out to one sponsor here, Mr. Lance McKinney over at Mass by Lance. Me and him are working on a nice little project for my new jigs. We're working on a nice new hockey lens. Nice, dude. So we, we talked about it. We it was last week we were on the phone talking about it. So whenever he gets a chance, he has all the time in the world to work on it because there's no shows. It's too goddamn cold to go outside and shoot right now. So that's in the works. So hopefully by, yes, April. I think it just pretty much solidifies that part five and the, and the part 10 hawks are Bobby's favorite shapes at this point. One of them is. <laughs> them. I was going to say, you have a lot of five and ten masks. I have yeah. more ten You're, than five. Both your, both your cosplays feature five and ten. Technically. Don't forget the third cosplay that features eight. Uh, all that, right? I guess I've never seen that one. No, you haven't. That one no. was retired. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, so Nothing's we're, ever retired. We're working on a combination of nine and ten. Yes. So okay. I... We we went and threw some ideas, so see what he comes up with, and we're just going to work at it from there. And we're going to make it fit the um, the mask that I got from Brandon Scott Murphy, the hood for the part nine. We're going to make it work to that. So that's what's going on in my world, and DVDs, well, I will have more coming soon. But other it, than that, one thing we know about Lance, he's really good at making things fit. I'll tell you mm, what. Just uh, spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Whoa. long Tennessee nights. So anyway, speaking about long Tennessee nights, 2009's The Hills Run Red, directed by Dave Parker, written by John, yep, not going to pronounce that one, and John <laughs> Dombro, and a uh, friend of the network's David Chow. Look at that. So produced by Ro Sharon, Jonathan Tazar, Tansher, yep, and that John last name guy I can't pronounce. Robert <laughs> Mayer Burnett, Charchietta, 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 Robert Burnett, and Carl Morano, starring Sophie Monk as Alexa, Tad Hilgenbrink as Tyler, William Sadler as Concanon, Janet Montgomery as Serena, Alex Wyndham as Lalo, Ewan Bailey as Sunny, Joy McBrin as Belle, Rancho Vasilev as Babyface, Mike. Straub as Gabe, Histro Mitskov as Jimbo, nice. <laughs> Ekaterina, Tema- wow. Tema- <laughs> Dude, that's that not is, fucking that, Ukrainian that most, or that is the most oh. Russian name I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Janko yeah. Jordanov as actor Babyface, Itai Daikov as Team Babyface. Yes. Music by Frederick Weedman. Cinematography by Ian Rosenberg. Edited by Harold Parker. Distributed by Warner Premier. Released September 29th, 2009. Runtime of 81 minutes. Budget, we aren't purview to that information. Groach, we aren't purview to that information. Yeah, I looked and I couldn't find shit. Directed DVD. I was going to say, this was DVD, wasn't it? Oh, you, you, yeah. Uh, now, have, but they usually have at least some kind of premiere, though. Sound Factory has a Blu-ray, right? Yeah, they just came up with it. Right? Time, yeah, over it. March uh, last year. Sounds about right. Hey, Chad. Yo, you ready? Roll that beautiful bean footage. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Four friends are searching for a horror film that's been missing for 20 years. 
happen. I mean, no movie just vanishes without a trace. But nothing can prepare them for the final cut. Why the movie? Why is it so important to you? Because people said it's the scariest thing they've ever seen. Everybody is expendable for the good of the film. They're watching. Oh my gosh, it was. All right. So, yeah. Bobby, how about you go reset your internet, bro? You popped out twice there. I just did. <laughs> did he? What the fuck's going on? I'm even hardwired in. Ooh, what the hell? Yes. Can I just say that's one of the most gorgeous quality trailers we've played, right? It was beautiful. Uh, can I also say, and I always hate how they do this, but when they're like from the producer, a few producers from these movies, so essentially... <laughs> Some dudes that funded this movie yeah, actually, also funded yeah. these movies. Sweet. Okay, so it's it been bothering me the whole movie where we've seen the main guy from, where we've seen him in before. Please, because that was Lost Boys, The Tribe. Holy fucking shit, dude. You're right. It's the brother. Yep. I just <laughs> I saw him. Wow. <laughs> That's where I saw him from. Wow. What'd you see him in, Bobby? American Pie Band Camp. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Oh, see, so yeah, I never. <laughs> hilarious. Oh man, thank you, because yeah. I was just too lazy to look it up of like who the fuck that dude really was, because I was just like, <laughs> no, I want to watch the movie. Yep, but, same. Huh. All right. Sweet. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that, that was uh, came, that came around. Uh, that came out right around the same time too. Two thousand nine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it was right around. Whose pick is this? This would be my pick, buddy. Run it, run it, run it down. All righty then. So, there was once a film that was so terrifying, so incredibly scary, that it only briefly played in theaters and was immediately suppressed and possibly destroyed. When a young slasher movie fan's obsession with, a f- with finding a complete print of the infamous horror film leads him and his friends to the woods where the picture was shot, they realized that too late, the filming had never ended, and that their fate had been fate is to become stars in the next horrifying scene, immortalized on a celluloid, even after their gruesome deaths, even if they don't find a way or if they don't find a way to survive. Whew. Just the way you read that, I was watching you. <laughs> in the beginning, I kind of lost it at the end. Uh yeah, so the reason I picked this movie is because a buddy of mine who him and I are usually pretty equal on like how we feel about our horror movies and stuff. Uh, he always wanted me to watch this one, and for some reason, I just never have. So I was like, yo, fuck it, I threw it. And we already know that TJ and Chad didn't see this before. And Bobby, you weren't on last week, and I'm glad you're back, by the way. And before I even say anything, thank you. Thank you for that sexy voice recording for last week, dude. Because that, that was, was just that was hot. Mm, 
You could sell me shit with that, dude. Like, yeah, I don't know I what you. I, I don't, don't know. know what was up with that voice, but man, there were panties dropping left. Bro, and right. mine did. Right? <laughs> this is your killing machine, buddy. Oh, dude, it was like you were like super low key and just. Mm. I just did that on the fly, by right? The just on the. Money. That's my natural voice. At least, well, when I'm sad. Um, this was my second time watching this okay so you have seen all right but um it's, but it's been a while so it was like basically watching it for the first time i'm like oh and i'm like oh i forgot how actually good this is this was a good movie to watch it was a great pick too it was um yeah it was it, it was different first time it was i'm not gonna say it was great by any means i did i did enjoy it i'm not gonna say i did all right like let me start wait, right there real real quick go so ahead 2009 did this come out after the Friday the Thirteenth film, I would say yes because Friday the Thirteenth came out in February. Did anybody yes. notice how the killer kind of moved like that remake, Jason? Oh yeah, like, I hear so many similarities there. Right? Um, I mean, like I said, dude, there's there's a lot of things I could really pick at this movie, but then I also like take it as like it wasn't to theater; it was kind of just a straight to DVD. So I kind of give it a little bit of a curve there. Um. It was entertaining. I feel like yeah. definitely by the third act, everything definitely was like, all right, now I'm like into it, like even more my, so. But I don't know. My Go biggest ahead. problem, my biggest problem, I guess, basically, is that it is a slightly more horror version of eight millimeter. Yeah, it's okay. Like a little step above that. Just to- I, I just, you know what? I feel like because it's a product of its time is what kind of like hinders it a little bit. I feel like it could be better if uh, some certain things were taken out, like the quick snapshots in the beginning and stuff. Like, I know it's trying to like elude you to stuff, but it's just so much. And by the end, it's just like all the kills are just so, you know what I mean? They're just random kills. Like they're not. And that kind of took away from me a little bit. But dude, like I said, by the third act, man, I I was definitely like... I kind of feel like their big twist was so easily predictable, though. No, I okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I disagree because I don't think that was their big twist. I think that was a fake. I th- well, okay. What would what did you call the big twist that she was I in think on it? The big twist was that she was in on it, and that all the kills and everything in the movie were authentic; they were real. See, I didn't think that was the big twist because I feel like they kind of led you on pretty early to get that. I thought the big twist was the fact that the killer was her spoiler alert. Uh her inbred son. Yeah, the killer was her inbred fucking son, dude. And like that's how deep it like that I thought was the crazy, like, oh. And <laughs> can I just say the one moment I actually talked to Brody about this, dude, but when she starts singing to him to try to like do what she did in the woods, and he's just like, if it makes you feel better, you can keep singing. And he says it just like plain as that. I, I like was just that. like, I like that. Oh, that was actually, that like, was actually that was my favorite one. scene. Yeah, that dude, was that was actually, I'm not, I don't give a shit if you guys hate this movie. That gave me kind of like chills because I was just like, I'll oh, wow, dude, that's, that, that was oh. that like, oh, shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, dude. And see, even for me, I know, like you said, Johnny, with that being the twist of that being her. But honestly, for me, the twists in this movie, for me, I saw them come. Well, like, like I, I knew, I knew from the moment he met her, I'm like, dude, she's in. Re- okay. Biggest red fucking flag. 
and tell me you didn't catch it, is when she called him Little Lamb. If that's not the biggest fucking giveaway right there, this lamb to the slaughter, it's oh, like about that. Oh, dude, as soon as she was like, that. open the door and she's like, hello, little lamb. And I'm like, yep, she's going to be in on this whole fucking thing, dude. And, and you find out that he is the inbred set. I'm kind of like this. I'm like, I kind of expected that. I don't. Know I didn't. I, just, I, I just did not. And so that kind of shocked me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. And then he was like, well, she was 13, almost 13. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, dude, like, no, gross, gross. Ah, uh, TJ, I see you sitting back there just waiting for the with the punches. So uh, let me get them, buddy. Okay, so this film is just an amalgamation of every film that credit like came before it. Uh, that it is. He's not wrong. Is. No, uh, you're not. You're not wrong yeah. at all. At all. So this film will forever be known and Gordon Moore as the ripoff film. Uh, it ripped off all of our favorite films that we've reviewed in the last fucking three seasons. And I'll tell you how right now. Okay, so the killer does his favorite Jason Voorhees impression, but with a bunch of rattling attached to it. So yeah. cool. Nice. So you have no element of surprise now. Uh, let's talk about the in the mouth of madness ending. Right. Yep. right. Leaves no con- no conclusion for that character. It has no fucking reason other than for made, that pop no, factor. made no sense at all either. Only nope. for the pop factor that you might know that film. That's the only fucking reason. And I think that it's affected me right now because we just reviewed it not that long ago. Right. So it kind like of it's super even much more. Did this again? <laughs> uh, like, none of the. Twists were effective to me. Uh, Fair. I felt like a lot of them were... The suspense did good. This movie was entertaining. But I, like I said, a lot of it felt like I've seen it before. I had deja vu. Scene after scene after scene. The way it was shot was nice. But anytime you killed anybody, it was ruined by CGI. Uh, yeah, that was- I think that they reused a lot of footage over and over again. And I understand that you want to try to connect things. But I think that Again, this is a product of 2009's The Darkening period. So this film's extremely dark. And this is, they're trying too hard at, at times to explain things. And like I said in previous episodes, when you dive too deep into a, a killer's backstory, maybe things get a little muddy. And I think it got a little swampy up in here. Uh, I think the rape stuff, again, this film could have gone without that. I think the only reason the rape was included is to include maybe a possible sequel. So fuck that. Uh, yeah, that's just how I feel about it. That guy could have been scary without fucking raping that girl. And yeah. Yeah, because that went to a whole different like. From where I thought it was going with it, like just the normal like slasher. And then I'm like, OK, now we're going into the whole like fucked up family. Yeah. But but, but like you said, this movie is literally a jumble of every other movies. And I know. I, I feel like it tries to be too. I feel like that's its intent. It, it shows it. And cause like, and I feel like it even kind of calls itself out on it a little bit when he's, uh, the dad's giving the daughter shit when he's like, this is just, uh, what is he like? And he's just like, this is just fucking smut porn. Like when he, mm-hmm. she's just like tor- or torture porn, torture which porn. we always laugh about cause none of us enjoy. And we like emotion. Damn it. Right. We I, I mean, mean, of course we do. Like I said, Okay, so my biggest like what the fuck moment of this whole movie was the camera changes. So like, remember when she was interviewing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wait, you wait. We, we got a whole bunch of that. 
Oh, okay. you wait, right, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because, yeah, right. oh, I know. I, oh. I know. It bothered the piss out of me. It is, okay, because <laughs> I was screaming. I was like, what the fuck was that? You could go tell whoever was doing the AD work on this oh, film and dude. editing were dude. not in the same fucking room no. this movie was getting edited. They needed to smoke the same blunt <laughs> and do this at the same time, dude. Like, but this is terrible. Smoke. What camera was that again? Oh, my Fuck. God. Dude, right? Like, wait, we, we were on B cam? No, let's go C cam. All right, fuck it, dude. Let's just, all right, put a filter on it. All right, cool. Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right, go back to B. All right, now go to A. What? I wonder if they'll notice the quality drop. Oh, yeah, right? And the quality upgrade. And then the drop lot. again. And oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Like, once again, Movie was not bad. Movie was no, still no, entertaining. But it has its mishap. But it's, dude, you got to take it with 2009, man. You got to, okay. it, it's and just. This is one of those times where you look uh, at it and said, this movie needs to be a little bit longer. Yeah. I think, let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. okay. We, needed, we needed a bit more at the beginning of the movie where it's this kid trying to track the movie down, you know, adding to the mystique of the film itself. It kind of just jumped right into that too soon. And the whole thing with the best friend having an affair with the girlfriend made no sense. There was no sense. uh, It was just from out of nowhere. He needed to feel more like that character in, uh, what's that Star Trek parody movie? Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest, who knows the inside and out of the ship, and they go to who knows everything. You need to almost make him that type of character at the beginning of the film. Yeah, well, you need to build to it. You need to know yeah. how much this is obsessing him, which right. they kind of, they talk about it, but they should have showed more. Yeah, they only showed it like maybe a 10 minute count if you really yeah. sat there. It's like, oh, he's really obsessed, but here's what you get and that's it. And it's true because it got, it gets brought up a lot throughout the film, but his mm-hmm. reasoning behind it, and you really can't uh, sympathize, not really sympathize, but relate to his reasoning, because we don't really have a really firm understanding of how powerful that uh, motivation is or that obsession is, other exactly. than yeah, what it's told us. Yeah, really. just just throw like maybe fifteen to twenty minutes on the front end okay. to show the build-up to yeah. this. I, I would agree with that. I mean, all they showed is he has one poster in his room, right? <laughs> and, well, and also the only other like yeah, movie- yeah, 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 he likes movies. Yeah, you, know, he likes that you would even know he's obsessed as he's searching it like in yeah. the very beginning of the movie. That's mm-hmm. it. So like, but we're talking 2009. So, and it's part of me, but what, uh, is this still web point one, like web point one Oh, or 1.0, or would this be like web point two where it's more smartphone going into the Facebook era bullshit. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I still want to say like that's like more like old school browser style, probably right. I'm gonna say because yeah, if you look at the phones they were even using, they were still using like a Nokia and a flip phone. So right. 2010, 2011, we're looking like LG sliders with right. the touch screen. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking. This was made in 08. Then if this dropped in 09, let's just go with that. So yeah, you're talking old school yeah, like internet we, searching and this, this dude's not like easy searching. You know what I mean? Like he no, can't just no. Google search this shit. This he film, search this shit. Uh, addresses the cell phone issue the way that Adam Marcus's Texas Chainsaw 3D should have addressed it. Is they're there, they work, but because of where you're at, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just doesn't matter. No, dude, fuck that, man. There's still dead zones that I hit in between here and work 
We're in the like, campsite. Oh, my, almost place. my entire drive up to work is a dead zone for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fucking... It, it's, kinda... it's so bad that I've actually told my boss, I said, if I don't come into work someday and you don't hear from me, assume the worst because I'm probably in a ditch somewhere. Right? Go look. Like, go take the drive. Okay, <laughs> so let's listen in to hey, our... Uh, from Down Under for his opinion on this week's film. This should be good. Howdy, howdy, people. It is your DKB back here for another episode of Gone Law. And this week, I'm here to give you my bloody two cents on a very underappreciated horror film called The Hills Run Red. Hills Run Red opens with an absolute banger of a scene, opening credits scene, you know what I had. And it's falls to the wall full of gore. It's brutal. It's sinister. It's a little kid cutting his fucking face off with a pair of scissors. And Leon he's talking like twice as fast as normal. If that ever happens in any horror movie, um, he really liked it. It's executed very well. (laughs) This is this is attempt two. Swallow when watching this. In saying that, the premise of the film I really enjoyed. Um, I do, however, felt like they could have improved a little bit more on the story, but it is what it is, and I still think they they what they did was pretty pretty great. Um, a huge shout out to Australia's own Sophie Monk who plays Alexa in this film uh, nice perky set of molested labresses if you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it that's the permanent yeah, way no diggity so. no doubt they are a nice set um, in saying that <laughs> no, we bring back kitty kitty bang bang baby face himself <laughs> I think he should be out there as one of the most iconic horror characters. He doesn't get the recognition oh. that he deserves due to this film, obviously. I think his apparent appearance looks fucking badass yes. overall. You got the Paul mask with the human jaw. Especially when he tied it on with If you watch wire. Brody's short film, oh, you understand. Yeah. Anyway, it, he's obviously got the brutal fucking gosh story like any slasher uh, villain. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were. He's killing it. He looks it too. He's like, I'm going Yeah, I think he's great. And I've got to point out, I've got to point out the one scene I really I, I love the most in this, and it gave me chills the first time I saw it, was the first time you actually hear him speak in the third act. That gave me absolute chills. I was not expecting that. I was expecting something completely different. It was, just, it was just executed very well. Um, uh, also, I will move on to William Sadler's role in this. I think he was a perfect fit for that, uh, for the batshit crazy director in this. He was film. their only pick. Uh, which leads me to ask you boys, who would you have chosen if you are going to direct this film? I personally would have chosen Michael Shannon. I think he brings a very intense uh, persona to each character that he uh, portrays in any film. I, I just felt, yeah, he would have been perfect for this. Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Saying that overall, the film itself, uh, it's a very fun uh, B-grade <laughs> slasher movie. Um, it's like any other horror movie. It's definitely got its gore, uh, humour. Um, yeah, it's just a fun ride. And if you've never seen it before, I highly recommend it. Um, don't expect anything different. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's just a very, very fun film to watch. Yes. Uh, Goremore score, uh, 3.3. I'm going to have to go with 3.3 this week. Uh, in saying that, this is DKB signing Bless you, by the way. Um, I look forward to next week. I hope you have a great day or night, wherever it is you're from. And until then, I shall catch you home skillets later. Peace out. Love you, Brody. Okay. Yeah, thank so you, that was you. actually the first, uh, the second video he sent. In the first one, there was a rainstorm going during in and he, it was like super fucking loud and it was Brody fe- it was like a rainstorm featuring Brody 
that makes sense. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was one. Of I, I don't know if TJ flashed us up, but Brody said he was jacked up on coffee at the time. So yes. that's why. <laughs> so that's why he seems all very perky. Yep, yeah, that's right. why he was so perky and just like uh, Sophie Monk's uh, titties. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which, was she the blonde? Yes, Alexa. Okay. Oh, those. Are, I've seen her in something else before. Give me a minute. Uh, okay. she's. I got me, dude. She was uh, rated FHM's 100 sexiest top 100 sexiest woman from 2000, 2001, 2002, three, four, five, and six, and then again in 2008. Nine and then Maxim's top 100 in 11 and 12. Oh, okay. oh speaking of top 100, your boy hit the iTunes charts number 72 in the United States. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. And that is all. Thanks, you, you Project Louder listeners out there. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for supporting the website. And thank you for supporting everyone else. Uh, it's all thanks to you guys that this shit happens. So, yeah. Ooh. Anyway, oh, so, let's, get, let's get a let's do our first comedy bit of uh, this episode. Do we want to do Chad facts or Italian word of the week? <laughs> do the Italian word of the week? Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I know what Chad facts are. You got me definitely intrigued by the second one here. Okay, so the Italian word of the week, Bobby. <laughs> Sottenbocca. Now, say a little bit more Italian, please. Sottenbocca. There we go. Sottenbocca. You got to have a little bit more anger into it, Bobby. No. Sottenbocca. Hey, now, come on. He's not Mussolini here. That word is Italian for it jumps in the mouth. I'm using that. jumps in the mouth. For future references now. Sottenbocca. Just think about it, Johnny. It's a little salty. You know what? I just want to say, what's that thing uh, from the '80s? Was like the more you know. Would you like to know what Salton Boat is? Yeah, it is an Italian-style dish which consists of veal, prosciutto, and sage rolled up and cooked in a dry white wine and butter. Marsala is sometimes used. It's not prosciutto. It's prosciutto. God damn it. Hey, that's uh, that's another week. Well, too late. You got two for one. We only got the gabagoo. <laughs> hey, so where's funny. the freaking and gabagoo? The bulk, huh? <laughs> gabagoo. Holy shit. I love it. Okay, guys. So back to our normally scheduled programming. <laughs> Thank you for that, buddy. <laughs> Chad? Yo, so this movie took two years to be made. Five 55-gallon drums of fake blood were used for the scene in which the hills run red with blood. That's yeah, which I wish we... Best shots. Yeah, but I wish we got more of it. Like, Yeah, they, they just used it to promote the film within a film. The original script had overt references to popular horror films, so anytime you saw the rip-offs, it was basically intentional. Check out that sexy Kundi shirt. The farmhouse set was left over from a previous movie. Uh, director Dave Parker was the hand double for Babyface for several shots of the film. Babyface. <laughs> okay, so the writer of the film, David Shaw, states that scenes were cut from the film for content by producers, even though they were in the script. According to David, they had been trying to get all the cut scenes from Warner since the film was released, but have been unable to do so. Cut scenes would include William Sadler, a character, 
Con Cannon naked and beating his wife, and a sequence with Babyface raping Serena. So they, they actually filmed that, that scene. That yeah, we didn't need that. I don't yeah. need either of those scenes. I don't want to see either of them, to be no, honest. No, I'm glad they, like... I'd say I mean, after Vince went raped last year, we're good for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, William Sadler was the first yeah. and only place to play Con Cannon. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a second here to answer Brody's question. Who would you guys have picked to play Con Cannon in your version of the film? Ooh. Oh, man. I jokingly said Gilbert Godfrey, but I don't think that's who I'd pick. So do we want to go like huge director? Or do we want to go like... That doesn't have to be anybody, just an actor who would play the director. Oh. Lucio Fulci. He's dead. <laughs> you said anyone, motherfucker. You didn't say <laughs> you didn't a liar. Of creepy motherfuckers. Have you seen Fulci when he was old? No, I haven't. But, um, okay. Let me see. I'm trying to think who are. Oh, man. Who would be good for this? Oh, wait. Well, all right. Uh, maybe I'm going look wise. Who was. I don't remember his name. The guy from Karate Kid who plays the Cobra Kai. Um, and the new Cobra Kai? Or are you talking about from the old? Oh, the old master? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, fucking, master. I fucking forget his fucking name. Oh, man. Who the hell would I he want? Has that his name look. was Priest in the movie. I didn't remember. He could also bring that intensity, I think. Honestly, dude, I want Woody Harrelson. I don't oh, know yeah. why, okay. but I just think like he would, like he plays good psycho. He does, really and does. Uh, I can see him just being that weird. Either him or maybe Michael Rooker, one of the two. Joe Fulci. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it kind of looks like Orson Welles, to be honest. A little right? bit, yeah. A little less heavy set. <laughs> yeah, you thought he would not set. be able to play that same role, just as good. Spud. Um, think of it, fucking crazy director, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Mind, I just forgot. Ah, oh, damn. Maybe I just think of him that way ever since I watched that documentary that uh, all the colors of the Jallo, and I heard him going on a rant about how much uh, Dario Argento is a piece of shit. I just think that once I heard that, that uh, that it's just for forever cemented that he's crazy director, dude. So what is their beef anyway? Uh, everything I do, Argento copied me. I do this, Argento do this. I make supernatural film, Argento make phenomena. You know, it's like, I do this, I make jelly, he make jelly. I make a movie about supernatural, he makes, yeah. He, he, he's a hack, he's a piece of shit, he's classless, artless, he's below mm. him, stuff like that. Typical as, douche. As much as, as much as I love Fulci, I completely have to disagree. I know, it's, I, I, yeah. it's just the Italian genre during that time and competitiveness, honestly. And it's not like they didn't ever not work together. There's multiple times that they actually worked together. Right. It's just at the end of the at the end of his life, Fulci was just like, "Yeah, fuck our shit." <laughs> He's like, "I don't give a that. shit anymore." He's fuck like, you. "Fuck you!" I don't know why we did this shit. Which is hilarious because his uh, zombie movie was basically made as a follow up to uh, Argento's cut Dawn of the Dead. Right. Again, strange. Okay, so I think uh, actually for my pick. As who I'd get for the director, I think I'd go with Jeff Goldblum. Ooh, oh, that would actually be ooh, ooh. I'd be turned on the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we'd be able to like, make the rest not, of the movie awkward. 
You're like not scary enough because I have this weird fear boner the like, whole see, time. Cronenberg so, was able able yeah. to tame Gold uh, Goldblum in a way by mixing what about it with I thought Cronenberg yeah. at first. Cronenberg yes. wouldn't be. Yeah, do Cronenberg. Cronenberg would be. Could you, could you just imagine Goldblum? He has like his his flannel shirt that's just unbuttoned and flowing. Yeah, he she was. Uh, she was almost thirteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a little controversial, right there. Oh fuck! Let's ruin Jeff Goldblum for everyone. No. No. Somehow Jeff Goldblum would turn around and it would every it would just be funny. Yeah, yeah. Like it you wouldn't be out of it now. Jeff Goldblum in the Rock Spider. Fucking dud. That was a good question, though, Brody. Yes. Oh. Okay. So uh, what else you got, Ted? I, I really don't have much. Uh, director Dave Parker now. did not meet the principal cast members until two days prior to the shooting of this. Okay. Damn. Okay. Talk about William uh, Sadler came up with the idea for his sunglasses. It, there's really then the movie theater sequences at the start of the movie were shot on the first day of production. That's all I got. There's like nothing about so this. Like okay, can I state something? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Italian version of the cover art for the Hills Run Reds better than this. That than the is one that we the, is that the full red one we see in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Italian art is much better. I don't know why they showed it, but I thought it was just cool. That and the uh, the because you want it and the poster that he had for the movie that was really yeah. cool looking. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The Italian poster, the uh, poster, no, 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 not the poster he no. had, the poster the kid oh. had. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she had the the American one where yeah, yeah, when he went into the father's house, he had the Italian. One. And I will agree with Brody. He looks cool as fuck. It's just he's also acts like Jason. In every fucking way. Yes, he does. Except when it Not turns the out guns. I mean, yeah. you know, he does shoot a motherfucker. I think maybe if he was shaped more like Leatherface, I'd think it'd be better. Because that's how See, I. Like... <sighs> but you're kind of led to think that this guy's like a complete mongoloid, like Jason is, and he's exactly right. That's he's what I even his head's all misshapen and shit. Right. Like, he's got like, kind of so... like lumpy. But that back. makes that makes no sense because it showed him as a kid and he was perfectly normal. But then Besides just fucking up his face, face. Turned right this way. Like, well, I guess you don't. It didn't really go into how much he like fucked up the rest of his head. I guess too, though. But still, like you must have done enough it, to really make him like. That. So, and this is just my random like thought. But because like he lived the movie and everything, I'm thinking. I wonder if like, wonder if they like juice this kid up on like steroids and shit the whole time too, like just to make him like big and be. fucking like hulking. Yeah, you know be. what I mean? Like, who knows? Obviously, the they're willing to go any fucking length to do what they want to do for the movie. So and that, that's a damn good possibility. I'll go. They along with wanted that. their version of Jason, right? Like they were just like, we need our perfect killer, and we're gonna form him. And blah, again, blah. This, this movie's deja vu all over again. So. Uh, there's only pretty much. <laughs> but like we all said, it's a, at least it's an enjoyable ride. Like Brody said, it's yeah, not. It's, you won't see anything new, but it is no. all come together to work to, to something that's entertaining. And yeah, it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. Yeah, I, I like that it kind of like it brought up all genres. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, from anything from classic. Like, I kind of liked it in the beginning too, just because obviously he's looking for a classic horror film, and that's what we're always doing, man. Like, you know what I mean? That's our fucking thing. We love our classic horror. Not that this is necessarily classic. What's, but, modern day no, what's that? What's the what's the real real life equivalent of this? Like to what's the hidden film that everybody like thinks exists but maybe doesn't? 
the uh, or, Michael Mann's version of the keep. There you go. I was going to say that actual, uh, not the movie snuff, but there's another snuff film. What the fuck was it? I don't know, man. I still think Michael Mann's version of the keep exists somewhere. I know. He has it somewhere. He's, we right. have to He's wait. not allowed to release it, though. It's gone forever. It's like Adam Marcus's three-hour version of Jason Goes to Hell sitting somewhere, I hope. Well, you know what's oh, gone? You want to talk what's gone forever is the spider pit sequence from the original King Kong. Yeah. There's no way in hell that still exists. No. That's no. That's no. Because, uh, because the, the, they didn't preserve film back then. It was uh, highly flammable and disintegrates. There's no might- way. If anything, with that footage, you would probably get lucky if you found a negative. What did uh, when did they re-release Kong after the original debut? It was like seventies, right? Seventy three. Yeah. Are we gonna have a film preservation talk? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I that could be a really risky sidebar with me. Let's, let's talk about that a lot. Uh, actually, if you go to comics kaiju's when they did that film they talk about that mm-hmm. i believe they i believe you are correct they did i watch that episode yeah, i actually just uh was doing some uh self-teaching on movie sound not too long ago and one of the uh things that i watched in between teaching myself to kind of cleanse my palate was a film preservation documentary and uh mm-hmm. yeah, i told brody a really cool story uh earlier this week about them finding a bunch of negatives in the back of an old skating rink and uh, how it kind of preserved like 30 years of film from the early 1900s all the way up into the 1930s. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. It, it, it's just uh, it's it's just crazy to think about how much of uh, film was lost. Okay, uh, I'll say I, I will say never say never because they did find um, Thomas Edison's Frankenstein. Yes, they did. I would love to see old preserved films like ever had given a chance i like that shit again vinegar syndrome does affect film and a lot of these are destroyed by the time mm-hmm. so mm. all right Onward. so yes. no more notes then chad no more notes all right so let's see this movie i mean it's kind of a straightforward movie like you said yeah. already a few times it's pretty straightforward but you know let me come up with a couple questions uh, and I think this is a pretty easy one, but uh, how much do you like that? Uh, or do you like the misdirection that she gives when she calls him out for uh, being with uh, Alexa for the two days? It made me hate her more, <laughs> right? Yeah, she, oh. she was a- my shit just went off. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. I hope anybody listened to this. It goes off after the fact. We've said it like three or four times too. Yes. Great. Uh, what the hell else was I going to ask? I mean, obviously that was, you know, she was just using that because she was all pissed off about her cheating, but. Right. I mean, I don't it's trying to make herself feel better. But like I said, that whole sequence really didn't make any sense. There was no buildup to it. No. I mean, you, it was just kind of like, you know, I don't know. Like he said, yeah. what did he say? He's like, uh, really not that surprising. Unless you were like, sub- or no, 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 no. But like the friend like looked over to her when she smirked before they started fucking. And he was saying like, unless you want to do what we talked about before or something like that. Like that's all they alluded to really. And then it was just like, boom, we're, that we're banging. Just, so. I, that scene was just put there just to give it drama. That's it. 
I mean, I was just giving you back-to-back titties, dude. That's all it was. It was like scene one titties. Props to that guy for being a basic minute man because it showed him banging her while the dude's getting a lap dance. And that lap dance is like, what, one song? So, yeah, that's like two, two and a half minutes. Maybe three minutes. Three minutes, depending. It's still not as good as the uh, lap dance in The Crow 2. No. Oh, that was pretty nice. Yeah, that guy (laughs) gets ruined mid vinegar strokes. (laughs) Uh, no i mean this i don't know man this was a hard movie to come up with a question besides like because it's so straightforward yeah and any other questions kind of allude into any of the other questions they were already going to do on the show you know what i mean like remaking and all that other good shit so how did they get any audio for any of this with their with the actual shitty little mic on the camcorders (laughs) i was i was was referring to the uh oh the actual like Oh, because yeah, they didn't actually have their you know, mic or anything like that. You know, the boom mic. Yeah, because the girlfriend was running the boom mic. No, no, no. He's no, talking, about, talking the about the killers. The killers oh. that were filming it. They always yeah. had the eight millimeter running in the woods and shit. But like where are they getting sound from? Yeah. I just think it'd be funny if they had babyface and then a fucking boom guy running behind him. <laughs> like he's it's movie magic. <laughs> Maybe that's what his hump was. Maybe it was just a boom in his fucking back. There you just go. Oh, like way up here, like, you can't even see it. Or maybe uh, the rattling caused too many issues in post, so they just said, fuck it, all together. I could see that happening. <laughs> shit. I mean, I still like the look, but yeah, dude, it's definitely like, that's a bad tactical yeah. giveaway. I mean, unless you're Krampus, it ain't helping you. But then you got magic. The face looks more like Krampus and he moves like Jason. You're getting two right there. I'm uh I'm trying to think, dude. I'm trying to think if there's any other questions I got, dude. I don't think I got anything. I got one for you. I was gonna say I know TJ has at least a few. Go ahead, bud. Where'd you watch it? (laughs) Nice segue. On demand. Uh, I watched it on Prime, and it was nice HD, Same. nice and clean. Same here. So. Like we said, uh, Shout Factory does have a release of it. So. Mm-hmm. No, Do we have an official douche? Who can we consider the douche? I'm going to say the dad. Yeah, without yeah, a doubt. That, yeah. I mean, he's raping his daughter. He's just literally killing anybody for the sake of he's his own movie. movie. that he never finished. <laughs> right? Like, oh, Here's a question for you. Do you do you think the um, the daughter there was faking the drug stuff in the beginning? Like that was part of the real withdrawal. They made it a a point to emphasize that she's willing to do anything, even have sex with people. So I figured that, but that's because she was all like doped up. But like I figured like. I was like, what if the dope wasn't real? What if it was just like water and she was just like acting the yeah, whole she was all fun. I, I thought I thought that too. Then I'm like, well, no, because she had she was definitely going through withdrawal symptoms. So yeah. Which man, she seemed to go cold turkey very fast, dude. It was like less than two fucking days. Well, I think it's because the way it was shot. And then they showed you right. a montage of everything that they went through after. Super montage. The way I look at it is the with the wall of shit she was doing, I'm not surprised that she is on drugs to begin with. No, I well, yeah, dude, you got raped by your dad at almost 13 and had a son who then fucking massacred his own face and now is out killing people in the woods. And you're, yeah. And I'm assuming this kid 
in this movie isn't the first kid that they've like lured in. You know what I mean? I'm assuming there's other internet kids out there that are like, I gotta find this movie. Well, yeah, because oh, they put out said that they did. Right. So it's you know what I mean? It's, I don't know, like I think it's funny that they just filmed a bunch of kill scenes with Babyface. Yeah. See, that's what kind of like I don't know, man. And they played them like several this... times and then they montage them. Yeah, and then the then they give you the full montage Again, at the end, and I'm just we'll like talk about that in cinematography. Ah, it, See, I don't, I don't get why that seemed to push him over the edge and drive him insane at the end. Yeah, it, it really doesn't make any sense. See, I don't know if it was just insane or it was just left like he's just going to watch that until he's literally like okay. starves or dies. Brody, you know, dies Brody already just asked, uh, "Do you think the redneck were in on it? Like, why would they have blanks in the gun, or were they just yeah? No, they because she paid him off. She paid them off. Yeah, they yeah, showed she that. Showed, she showed him to they get showed money. That later, yeah. So she was acting the whole time. She knew about the whole like. Yep. Whether they were blanks, I don't know about that. I doubt. I would say no. <sighs> but I mean, it wouldn't also matter either way. Well, it would. But then again, like you never know if they were just one of those guys that were like, "We'll take the money and we'll still do it." You know what I mean? Like, it, which they probably were. They just couldn't because you know then they got well. You got a sweet flying pickaxe in the fucking back, which is great segue oh, into next week's fucking. <laughs> right, that was a great segue into next week's fucking film. Um, well, so yeah. favorite kill. This is going to be a tough one. That's easy. Uh, tree kill. Yeah, tree kill. Uh, yeah, even though it's like it. shit, it's still a cool concept. I just love, and it's one of the ones you her feet and her shoulders and then pop. It's one of the only ones that you actually get the full like play out of of like yep. what happens because everything else is just quick like slash death. Like all right. I even and like, I will have to say I kind of like uh, less mongoloid baby face over more mongoloid baby face. I agree. OG, like OG, like when dad takes Last over. Mongoloid baby face looks more 80s. Yeah, I agree. Mongoloid baby face is definitely 2003 Hills Have Eyes. There's just Wait, something about someone this? just throwing on the mask with a hoodie and pants and just running around. Is just Dude, I thought it was a hoodie too. I was actually going to start looking for a red hoodie. I'm like, easiest cosplay in the world. But it's not a hoodie, it's a jacket. I was like, ooh. Even one of my favorite shots is when that kill's happening and you just see him the eyes just kind of like looking all over the place like but dude once he got the barbed wire wrapped around there at the end too man that just was like oh that was a nice touch that's just painful because when you get it right just the nice like twist and tie around like ooh, all right uh so yeah tree kill i'm gonna have to agree then because it's the most I think we all agree, agree with the tree kill. Because I say the only other long, like intimate kill you get is the weird torture porn shit with the dude in the barn and eh. Yeah. yeah really they just end up stabbing him in the chest, you know, big whoop. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. Yeah, that is a cool part. Uh that is something that I've said before, is that uh not a lot of these films utilize guns with their slasher killers, with the exception See, of uh Mr. Freeman. Okay, uh, so really, that scene where he did pull out the gun on that kid. Like, I thought it was awesome. Cause like, here he is like using the flares and shit. I'm like, all right. Like I could see a flare on melee and I'm like, wait a minute, he's got the pistol. And then literally just, boop. <laughs> and it's like, I like how everybody assumes he's just some weird mongoloid freak, but it's like, no man, he's, you know what I mean? Like he's articulate. Obviously he can like talk normal sentences and shit like that. Like he's just playing the role. Yeah. Literally. But, 
That was a surprise with that gun. I like it. It is interesting. I know some people say guns aren't scary. I'm like, I don't know, man. Beg to differ. If you beg to differ, if you're looking at looking at one with nothing, I think that's what I was going to say too. Like, if one's (laughs) looking at you, it's fucking scary. I think it's a whole other level of control over your life at that point, where it's something so easy for you to do. You know, it's right. So, leading on to that, gentlemen, would be best scene. Best scene. Well, I, I think for me, like I said before, the best scene was where she's singing to him and then she stops because she forgets the words and he just says, yeah, if it'll make you that, feel better. That, like I said, dude, that definitely. Yep. That's yeah. Just that um, line alone, dude. I was just like. Best yeah. fucking line. I would say last part. And like, that's my second favorite. My other one is towards the end when he. Well, in that whole sequence leading up to him barbed wiring the mask back on himself. So, like, part of that ending sequence, or towards that. Right. When he just fucking rips it. I think my secondary would be the when the dad was shitting on the daughter, then actually, then ends up shooting her. He's like, nobody fucking directs in this family but me. He's but, like, old man. Yeah, right. Dude, he had a lot of footage. A lot of footage. <laughs> yeah, I think that is my favorite scene is the discovery of the footage. Just so much footage. Yeah, and it, they really highlight. Ooh, there's a much. question for you that I actually don't know, and you probably would. When he uh, opened that door in the dark room, would he expose that film at all? Because there was lights coming from the other way down the hall. He would, yeah. Because sometimes the slightest light. Because I'm like, right. Because I'm like, yeah, you still got the red light in there. I'm like, so it's all red in there. But I'm like, he still had light coming from the other direction. I'm like, he just exposed that dude's whole fucking thing. And it's, <laughs> and it's funny because now, now that you mention that, a real life experience. Yeah, and he's uh, causing tears in it. because He's sitting there rubbing through his fingers and shit. You do not his, do that. Putting his greasy oily hands all over it. That cause lines. Because if you did that in when I took graphics, if you did that, yeah, it automatically fucked You're up. You're supposed to reel that with way. a fucking hand crank. You're not supposed to touch it at all. I hate when I see people sitting there going, and then run it through their fingers, and I'm just like, <laughs> no! You're like, no, yeah, no. not supposed to touch it at all. Uh, that was she said. Ooh. Uh, opening scene. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I wasn't terribly hooked. I was more like, "All right, let me see what's going on here." It wasn't a hooky scene for me. No, I'd say for the first time in a while, no. So yeah, no, not for me. The fact that I can't actually remember what the opening scene is, I'm gonna have to say no. (laughs) So there you go. Like, uh. I'm trying to fucking remember, dude. Like, was it when they were talking about it at the movie theater? I thought the opening no, scene was, was basically before, just talking before. about the lost movie, wasn't it? Yeah. But they were at the movie theater, right? That's when that they were talking about that. it. Like they were getting the, the movie theater was right after that. Okay. So no, it did not hook me. The I mean, post, the post, the I'm not gonna look me in. Okay, see I am gonna say it did because it didn't make me want to turn the movie off. Well, okay, I didn't. I wasn't turned off by it either. I will say that. No, I, yeah. it wasn't. But it wasn't something that was like, "Ooh!" It was more like, "Okay." 
Um, gave me an opening. Oh, that's really sad that I actually can't remember the exact. <laughs> uh, like I, I'm going to have to agree with Bobby, though, because, like, honestly, I was already kind of hooked in just from the design of Babyface. So that's why I was already like, yeah, the post, like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. So. Opening credit scene. I guess. When he's doing all the, like, the other kill montage kind of thing. Or when you see him deform his own face. Oh, oh, that was the opening oh, scene. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. That's right. That was the opening scene. Yes, it did hook me in. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. That was the opening scene. Oh, that scene. was I fucking. Not. I think maybe because they show it again later, that it, that may, that's why we. Yeah, yeah we kind of forgot. Yeah. So, yes, that oh, did hook me in. Oh, thank you, Brody. Yeah. I didn't even see that he wrote that. Sorry, buddy. No, you're right, dude. That's exact because they show you exact like right in the last like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, that was definitely fucked up because you're just like, ow, <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> oh. okay, I retract. Yes, yeah, I, I, that's that's definitely <laughs> I mulligan. All right, so. Best tits, hottest girl. Best whole strip chick. club scene. Bingo. Whole strip club. Just the just the whole all the girls at the bar. All the girls working that night. In that. I mean, dude, I might have to I think I'm just gonna have to give it to a fucking uh the main chick there, dude. Alexa or whatever. I, shut the fuck up. Stop <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> Alexa. Love it. Alexa, Alexa buy sex lube. Alexa, <laughs> whisper mode. So glad I have a Google. Alexa, go to whisper mode. Alexa, play WAP. Have you guys seen that? Where the guy does the whisper and then he goes to the fart mode. <laughs> no. and it sounds it sounds like Alexa's doing dirty farts, like sexy. She's like, hey, here's a stinky one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. So, uh, I'd have to say Miss Monk is the best looking Sheila. And I'd say the best looking dude would have to be babyface without the mask. Uh okay yeah sure yeah i'm gonna have to go with uh sophia monk definitely for the girl and for the guy i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with william sadler yeah Yeah. that old man uh the old man salt and pepper i agree with john on the the best dick but i i kind of like the girlfriend yeah yeah i usually go i usually go brunettes dude but i don't know man like i like my this one I'm going to go with uh, the the petite uh, the petite brunette. Well, wait a minute. As we learned from our group chat the other day, uh, redheads, blondes, brunettes, <laughs> black-haired. I don't really give a fuck. Bald, whatever. <laughs> I like That's to take my bald head and rub it in oil. <laughs> Chad called me a whore. I was laughing to myself. <laughs> fuck it, eh? <laughs> Score. Uh, forgettable. This ain't yeah. no soundtrack, baby. Nothing, nothing stood out. So not, not forgettable. Okay. Definitely forgettable. Yeah. Uh, now we're gonna skip the next one and go right yeah. to favorite character. Uh babyface. Uh crazy director dude. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say crazy I'm director. With. That's what I'm going with. 
The uh, editing room. What's his name? Con Con Cannon. Con Cannon. Yeah. Cannon. Yeah. Just uh, when he's going over the whole spiel and like showing him all the reels and shit like that, like. Yeah, it's good shit. Love it. Uh, Fucking diet coke, baby. Uh, scary. Yeah. Why can I hear an echo? God damn it. What? I don't know. Why can you hear an echo? I don't hear an echo. I don't. Hmm. Yes, it was scary. Suspenseful for me. I'd say at the I time, guess. it was pretty scary. I guess it kind of was. Fast edits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it that. I could have a jump factor. I could see that. You know, I got to say, I'm really disappointed in myself because I said I picked the the petite brunette for the hottest girl, but I didn't say she's no Bev D. True that. I mean, how dare you forget? Does it even have to be said though? Okay, I got to mention this. Some guy had the audacity. It's <laughs> good. This is good. <laughs> to say, uh -oh. what do we got? Vinegar Syndrome Trading Group that a pristine copy of Bloodhook would never sell. And then tried to back that up by alluding to that, by alluding to the fact by saying that it's not a cinematic masterpiece. And I was he just appalled. Oh, that somebody allude to the notion that that film is not the most perfect film ever made. Were like you dropping links? I hope you were dropping links, I dude. Mean, I don't like to be a shill. I saw somebody post something about Beetleborgs the other day, and I was like, Ah, no. I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, you know those people who like you post something up of your cosplay and they feel the need to post like eight photos of their own? Yeah. I do. Yes. I want to be that guy with my content because I feel like ah. that's like extremely like stupid and it's hijacking. Yeah. No, that's fair. And honestly, that's that's respectable. Yeah. So. Very much. If you want to see Project Louder stuff, go to my own timeline. Follow that shit. Or go to or the any of I was gonna say, yeah. or any of ours. Yeah, <laughs> we put. I try to post it as much. Absolutely. Or go to our discussion group. Mm -hmm. Yep. Come to Gorn. I I update that shit pretty regularly, and we now have like three or four people that have access to that thing now. So. Ooh, nice. <laughs> All right. So. Nothing today. Uh, no, no, because of the uh, the uh, amount. Of films that are similar to this that has come out since and that are better budget affected this film because of the use of cgi which makes it extremely dated to modern standards if they would have done practical effects the film would have aged better yeah the cgi was terrible in this movie yep. literally fucking terrible that's why they showed it in that gray like filter so you know covered up a little bit but still um This is like a 50 50 for me because I like, I feel like it, it kind of goes into our other question. I would say the editing holds it back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It hinders it for sure. Editing, CGI, the fact that literally every movie has had everything that this movie has. Because you could go watch 10 other movies that literally had everything here that's 10 times better. Now, you are correct. If I had watched this when it came out in 2009, I probably would have been way more on the hype train about it. Yes. But seeing, you know, riding this show for the last three years with you gentlemen and 
watching a new movie every fucking week and definitely going out of my comfort zone on a lot of them. You know what I mean, dude? It's got me to appreciate a lot of things and just seeing something like this, unfortunately, like you said, seen it all before. So for us, probably no, I guess, group. It doesn't allow us to appreciate uh, the films that are unique, though, in a, in a different way. True. Yeah. We, we, you got you to you have the good and the bad to, you know, kind of. Right. Def- this- we scoff at uh, those reused ideas. We tend to. And that doesn't. Once again, we are shared up, by the way. Still really enjoyed the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like. It's just, it's going to hold it back at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a top 10 by any fucking means. I don't even think I would put it in a top 20. It's one of those ones like when you're talking and you're just going deep and deep and deep and you're like, oh, yeah. Did you ever see that one? Like, (laughs) so of all of the movies that I put for the Bloodhook sequels, which one do we want made? Number four. Four. Best tagline ever. (laughs) Oh, what was that? Uh, New cast. Yeah. New cast, dude. (laughs) Great. I was fucking geeking out at work. That was a really good one. That is the best favorite ever. I thought for uh, Musky Mania, we could have like a wrestling cameo. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Luke, he takes Tromaville. You could literally just have every Tromaville in ever or anti-hero. It'd be fucking awesome. I think that's going to go too over the top, though. Uh, They put Jason in New York, so don't even... <laughs> what was the trauma film where they had radioactive weed that turned people into zombies? What? Um, oh dude, and it was great because the weed was just hay bales that were green spray painted. Is it redneck zombies? It might think it might be. <laughs> Why do we know this? Yeah, I, because I this is the movies that. we watch, dude. Like, I, I was thinking it was Class of Newcomb High, but no, that was no. The, uh, I think in the water. I think it is redneck zombies. Because they, yeah, dude. Place is out lost in the woods. The demented rednecks find it and use it as part of their still. Everybody drinks the liquor, and they become redneck zombies. That's yeah, dude. There's <sighs> no. You know what movie we have to review? The Night of Something Strange. Can't say I've ever seen that one or even heard of it. Look it up. That's what Bobby did last night. Ooh. Well, if you look well before we do that, might be like, wait a minute. All right. Before we do that, though, let's finish this guy off and go into that. So, acting good, bad, so, subpar. Uh, yeah, subpar because the I believe that the delivery of baby faces, especially after the reveal that the guy is an actor playing a character, I think that his his uh, portrayal could have been a lot better. I feel like he should have played uh, more of like a, a curious type sympathetic child character even though we see the ruthless killer at the end uh i think that during the scenes he should have been more mopey similar to madman mars in the way he walks rather than jason Voorhees uh standing up straight and heavy breathing that, that's yeah, just he should have been more hunched i will say subpar except for william sadler yeah you can't go wrong with sadler yeah yeah that's that's very agreeable by the way, thank you for mentioning Madman Mars because I can't wait for that Blu-ray to come in because I'm going to make my watch. I'm going to make my wife watch it. I think she's really going to like it. I love Dude, that. She's really, she's really enjoying our movies more and if more. If anybody sees a sweet slipcover for Chad for that, let him know. 
Oh, Yo, yeah. that that's one of my favorite that was one of my favorite movies of last year. Oh, I know there's a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was great. I know that, that one exists. I just know they're extremely rare. Yeah, they are. I have <laughs> seen them. They look yeah. awesome. I saw somebody selling a blood hook uh slipcover only the other day, but it was like with with a bundle of other ones that I didn't have, and I was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> so this is I think the question we've been tipping oh, around this whole episode here and there. So should we just let Boston take the reins and then the expert take it? Yes. Yeah, because I mean I know he's been holding back for a while and he's held the rest of us back on it too. Okay, so the cinematography, I, it's a mixed bag, honestly. Uh just whenever this film at the beginning, it kind of sets you like, okay. We're dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing. This film shot well. And then it kind of shakes things up a bit. Uh, kind of like our show, it's, it becomes a shit show rather quickly. Uh, they started utilizing multi, like a multitude of cameras. And they switch <laughs> back and forth. They're not sure what filter to put on it, what overlay no. to put on it. Uh, they get it mixed up at times, and that's extremely evident with dialogue scenes and close-ups. Oh, my God, uh, dude. I appreciate the attempt. But I, again, similar to Halloween Resurrection, that's what came out in 2008, which would be a year prior to this. Uh, it has that found footage aspiration, which then goes, un- which which fails. So you can take that as it is. Uh, but I think that it definitely affects the look of this film because it's it's almost like watching one of those films that Chad and I talked about in previous episodes where the cuts cut into a VHS quality randomly. You I'm almost get this. You almost get the same feel here, but with overlays, drops in quality, and even yeah. coloring at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, insane. Uh, so one scene in particular, and I'm sure it was the same one that you and I were kind of like tiptoeing on earlier, uh, is the scene in general where they're at the campfire and she takes the camera from him to say, let me interview you. And okay, so we're in normal movie, let's just say what, camera A? Yep. They were watching that all in. Okay. And then we go to handheld cam. So she flips around. And first of all, anybody that knows fucking anything, she's way too fucking close. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's like oh, fucking yeah. cut off, like right fucking. And the quality lady. is oh, drastically it's, different. It's garbage. This. Garbage. So she starts interviewing him. Okay. Goes back to camera A, normal movie camera. Okay. Then we go back. But then he says his little like inspirational, like why he's really looking for the movie. And it's supposed to be hair recording, but it goes to a whole, that whole new like color. Yeah. Whole new color with a filter over it that it looks like it's recording, but it's like way better frame and like different angle and like fucking like he's actually like center frame. And then it goes right back to like how it was. And you're just like, Dude, I was so pissed off at that. <laughs> I was screaming, dude. I was like, and I think it wouldn't be that? that big of a deal, but this film utilizes the plot element of so many cameras being utilized at once, as in like the cinematic <laughs> camera that's being filmed. Bro. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> a camera is here. He has a camera. The killer has a camera. We're watching on a camera. A right. Camera playing. Like there is just so much going on, and everybody's got different kind of footage. Yeah. Sorry, since you mentioned the killer had a camera. Uh, okay, the shots that they were using the camera to shoot at night, 
You wouldn't be able to see shit anyway. I know. No. Right? You're just using campfire light as the your light source. The problem that I brought up about the boom brings up about the lighting issues. Where's the lighting, guys? No, no, once again. On the yeah. back of baby face. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a backpack, like a power pack from Ghostbusters. I think it is, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and he has the boom pole attached to it at the top. Yeah. He's walking with the machete. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, that's still kind of jump back into like two more questions. But I was going to say, if he had a boom pole, and like what if he had that and actually utilized that as a weapon at the same time? That'd be rad as fuck. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just throwing that out there. But, you know, we can continue that in a minute. We had this discussion the other day with Brody uh, about Tom Savini's uh, movie Effects. It's uh, they're making a horror movie, but somebody's killing everybody while they're making the movie, so, and, and like they can't determine like is this is this foot like a real dead person's foot or is this like a prop? And like that's the whole thing, like the whole point of the movie. And I was like explaining that to Brody the other day, and I was like, that's like the plot of like so many films now. Yeah, it is. But like, this is a 1980s film. This is 1980. This is Tom Savini somewhere around here making a movie called Effects about him doing his day job and somebody killing him. Like, <laughs> that just sounds like a fun movie, right? Like, uh, see, you you keep saying that. Savini, so now I want to see Savini in the director role of this movie. Ah, actually, that would have probably been way way better, obviously. Because you, I'm, you I'm still going with Goldblum. No, okay. I'm not saying Goldblum would be an amazing pick, but I'm just saying like I'm thinking no. Savini in the acting scene where he actually kills that first dude. Like, even though we don't like the way this film looks at times, we don't like the way the film is shot. We don't like the way the film flows. What about the premise? Love I the really premise. love the premise, yeah. dude. The I premise think that's like great idea, uh, mm-hmm. especially for us. I mean. We like finding the, you know, we like finding the weird films that yes, we haven't we seen, do. or hopefully other people haven't seen. And like, dude, one that always stands with me that I'm glad that we watched, dude, was uh, Tourist Trap. Still one of my that was interesting. That yeah, was interesting. one of my favorites, and just a random one I pulled out of my ass. Yeah, the only watching. PG film we've ever done. Correct. And you know what the weird part is? Is I, I, I don't remember. I think we talked about this in another episode, but ever since then, Tourist Trap has been popping up. A lot more lately. Right? I have been like, seeing a lot of people talking about Tourist Trap since then. It's been popping up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. TJ. What does that tell you? The Matrix. Oh, uh, yeah. But yes, premise. Premise is two thumbs up. Yeah, I, I give the premise. Yeah. I give okay. Props. Okay. Oh. Triple R Roadhouse, baby. Recycle, rewind, or remake? Uh, remake. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'd say remake. Uh. Clean it up, get rid of the super weird cut fast edits of him killing people in the beginning. We don't need that. Chad, yeah, talk about how my joke from last week was addressed. Ooh, what do we got? The joke from last week. The spaghetti western joke. Oh, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we were talking about the show last week, and we're talking about Hills Run Red, and TJ says, "You know what? 
the only hit I found the Hills Run Red on IMDb, and it is a spaghetti western. So I'm just gonna watch that movie. And they fucking referenced that spaghetti movie in the beginning of this one. They did. When they're in the movie theater. They're like, anytime I look up, I can only find the 1968 version of this movie. Like, I didn't realize it was a remake already. At that point, I paused the movie, turned to my wife, and told her the whole story of that. When you posted that, it was literally like 10 minutes after that scene. And I was just like Dude, that was great. Like that was fucking awesome. Like so kudos to the movie for that too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, at least they get it. Yes. Oh. Definitely a remake. So let's rate this motherfucker. Uh let's start off since it was Johnny's pick. Let's start oh. off with a uh, Fluff Master Supreme. So I'm gonna have to agree with Brody. I don't give us a rating of how much you enjoyed it. Dude, I'm gonna enjoy it at a solid uh three three, I think. Okay, I like that. Uh, Bobby? 3.1. Chad? You know, I I came into this thinking I was going to give it a three, but I'm going to go three and a quarter. Because of William Sadler. And I'm going to give it a two and a half. All right. And we're going to divide that by four. That is a Gormore score of three out of five. Which, That's fair. Huh? Yeah, that, yeah. That's actually way more fair. Because I was actually, I was going to come in with a under a three i was gonna go with like 2.8 but after talking about it and stuff like that i don't know like there is a lot more stuff i enjoy out of it mm-hmm. and like i said there's a couple there was a couple moments that i really did like so yeah. but we're not gonna throw this film on just for like i guess shits and gigs no like i got a million others to choose from it's not even like, a film to have a big conversation about either yeah. like uh, like with someone like oh yeah that's a great movie well the, you know what i think the only thing that i could say is especially you and i, I could be like I think that would be a sweet cosplay to pull off. You yeah. would never really see that. I still think it would be. Obviously, the outfit in itself is easy enough to pull off. The mask I, would be a little bit. Worse, yeah, if you got remake, you, uh, have remake Jason with a red coat. You're halfway there. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> you get the muscle pads. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, yeah you got to have the muscle suit, you know. Right. Ah, yeah, there you exactly. go. There you go. Look at that. Well, I, think, um, I think I've seen this cosplay once. I've right. seen it once at shows. It was actually done very well, but it's not done very often. So, and I will say the glory of this one is you could go with whatever weapon you want. You like you they give them every fucking scene of any other weapon, dude. Yeah, you can walk around with an axe, pickaxe, machete, a chainsaw, cleaver. Dude, I'm screwed with the radio. Oh, so yeah, we should go back to remake a little bit. So if we did remake this, like I said, take out the cut stuff and everything. But let's add the boom mic, like we said earlier. Like so that way it'll it'll cover our sound issue. And what if what if we fix the light issues? What if like that's how uh babyface like freaks out his victims like he has lights set up in the woods so all of a sudden it's just like poof, in like instant spotlight oh so, so then like they're just jason goes to hell when jason's lights all of a sudden pretty much and then they're all of a sudden blinded they don't know what's the fuck's going on and then he can come in and fucking just onslaught the like shit out of them like so they just like happen to wander onto his set well no like it's all she's been leading them the whole time obviously yeah. you know what i mean so you already have that like why would the how would that work out? Well, she's been leading them this whole time. So yeah, but then we get to go watch uh, Behind the Mask. Which I felt like this movie was kind of 
leaning towards that, but just that did it better. Yeah, it did. Like, yeah, I was thinking that too. Hey. I don't know why I was getting the vibes, but I just was. We never did Chad facts. What was ch- so Chad facts was not behind the curve. Okay, DJ. As part of the comedy segment here, we got Chad fact number seven sixty two. In 1995, our beloved Chad was standing in line at a convenience store in Ontario, Canada. While waiting to purchase his favorite drink, which is a Yoo-Hoo, a small child asked if he had an extra 15 cents to spare so he could buy a Milky Way candy bar. Chad at the time was working part-time as a bouncer at the local gay bar named the Bouncy Hog, so extra cash wasn't an issue. He asked the kid what his name was, and he said it was Abel, and that if he would help him under one condition, if he promised to never live his life only for the weekend like all the other people in this world. The kid agreed, bought his Milky Way, and moved on. But this kid would live his life by what Chad said to him that day. That kid would grow up to become the very thing that he would never work towards the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny this story. So it's in the middle there, Chad? It's in the middle. It's like half true, half not. (laughs) I think the Milky Way part is true. I think if you made that a meme and like shared that around about anybody and it didn't have to be Chad, you can put anybody's name, somebody would believe it. Then I'll guarantee right. somebody would believe it. Yep. Well, even even if you just put this up as your status, change it a little bit, they'd believe that you it's funny because if you look it up, uh the weekend was born in nineteen eighty nine. So about nineteen ninety five, he'd be about six years old. <laughs> and he was born in Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so again, it might might have happened, it might have not. You don't know. You tell us. Right. Anyway, what's next episode, with... Chad? Next Ooh. episode is the fantastic and locally filmed remake of My Bloody Valentine. Oh. Starring starring the drop dead gorgeous Jensen Ackles. Mm-hmm. And our mustache man himself, Tom Atkins. Oh. Mm-hmm. Tom Atkins the only mustache ride. All of us here at Gormore want. Is this our first 3D film? Yeah. I don't remember there being another one. Was (laughs) was uh, uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2 supposed to be 3D at all? No. No. I feel like those movies would be perfect for 3D with the Driller Killer and shit, but uh, no, this might be it though. I think so. Dude, I would love to check the chat. I know Bobby said he has the 3D glasses and shit. Yes, I do. Come over. <sighs> yeah, let me just hop down to Jersey. I should actually hop on Amazon. Let's see what, we can, see what we can find after this. I'm sure it's there. I don't see why it wouldn't be either. Dude, I do remember when this when that came out, though, and that was like when they were really on the 3D TV push. Mm-hmm. I, saw the, I saw this in theaters. So much fun. Yeah. I saw it in theaters too, but I did not see it in 3D in theaters. Uh, I saw it. It was interesting. It was interesting to watch in 3D, like even in the living room. Like it was just because obviously it was the new style 3D. It's not like you know, ooh, jump out of the screen. It's just all like depth and yeah, beautiful movie though. So. Well, I think that's it for this episode of the Gore and More podcast. For more content like this, head on over to projectlouder.net, your source for pop culture, and so much more. I'll see you guys next week.
I'm TJ Bowser. Bye-bye. Chad? Near Dark Lord of Knowledge, Chad Christman saying, see you next week, bitches. Your Fluffmaster Supreme saying, see you later, Gorehounds. Your Killing Machine, Bobby Amon saying, I'll see you next week. 